This program features interviews with respected healthcare industry experts on current topics of substantial national importance. Your host for the program is David Intricasso, a DC-based healthcare policy analyst and researcher. We invite you to comment on the program by visiting thehealthcarepolicypodcast.com. Now, here's David. Welcome to the Healthcare Policy Podcast. Again, I'm the host, David Intracasso. During this podcast, we'll discuss the National Institute on Deafness and Other Communication Disorders, It's a Noisy Planet Education Program, designed to prevent noise-induced hearing loss. With me to discuss the program is Dr. James Batty, NIDCD's director. Dr. Batty, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me today. Dr. Batty's bio is, as always, uh, typically posted on the podcast website. On background, the use of smartphones and other digital devices presents several health risks. It's estimated their use is now responsible for one in four car accidents, and distracted walking causes thousands of pedestrian accidents and deaths annually. While the scientific evidence is not or not yet definitive, the now nearly ubiquitous use of audio devices as a source of noise trauma, or again, noise-induced hearing loss, or is a source. It's estimated 12 to 15% of school-aged children have some hearing deficits attributable to noise exposure, although that is a 2001 estimate. Per NIDCD's literature, about 15% or 26 million Americans between the age of 20 and 69 have noise-induced hearing loss. Again, with me to discuss NIDCD's It's a Noisy Planet education program, advertised as designed to increase awareness among parents of children ages 8 to 12 about the causes and prevention of noise-induced hearing loss is NIDCD's director, Dr. Jim Batty. So with that as introduction, uh, Dr. Batty, uh, I thought I'd ask you first about the effects of hearing loss. Uh, for example, I was reminded um, when the renowned soul singer uh, Ray Charles died in 2004, it was noted that he gave most of his fortune uh, through the Robinson Foundation for Hearing Disorders because he said he didn't think blindness uh, was a handicap but he thought deafness would be far more uh, difficult. So uh, with that as an example, um, let me just ask you directly, what's it like being deaf? Well, you know, I can only answer that question from what I have learned from individuals who are unfortunate enough to either be born without ever being able to hear or to lose their hearing. And in particularly for those individuals who are deaf at a prelingual stage in their life, they're cut off from the most common form of human communication, the most complex form of human communication, and that's spoken language. And we know for a fact that it leads to isolation, depression, and ultimately cognitive decline because, you know, the brain as an organ is like any other organ in the body. You use it or lose it. And one of the ways the brain most complicated things the brain does is human communication. Okay, thank you. Let's go um, on background into uh, the science. Uh, so that begs the question, what's the evidence for or reasoning rationale for the program? 
And if we could get into this a bit, um, in preparation for this discussion, I did a fair amount of reading of the secondary uh, literature. And there's um, a good deal of discussion about uh, the irreversible damage to cochlear hair cells. So maybe not to get too far into the weeds on this, um, but what exactly happens physiologically that causes um, hearing loss? And then we can get into the, the prevalence and how it occurs. Well, hearing loss can be a consequence of damage to any one of the uh, relay stations in the nervous system that's responsible for our ability to perceive sound. Now, this begins um, actually in the ear, in the inner ear, in the cochlea, with the hair cells that you described. And these hair cells are little sound-detecting cells, and they're called hair cells because they have projections that come out from the body of the cell that look like little hairs that when deflected by as little as a nanometer or a billionth of a meter, um, open ion channels, which sends an electrical system through a relay system of nerves to the brain where we perceive sound. And damage at any one of the, these relay stations or to the cochlear hair cells themselves or to the connection between the neurons that carry the sound to the brain can cause uh, damage to one's hearing. And uh, in my reading, you're infor I was informed that you're born with a fixed number of these hair cells. They do not generate or regenerate, and once they're damaged, uh, there's little recovery. And I should note um, the treatment, of course, are hearing aids, but, of course, they do not fully uh, restore normal hearing. When we well, talk you, about you, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm just saying you're absolutely right. Um, dam damage to those hair cells... Um, very, very, uh, very, very, one of the most common causes for hearing loss. And they do not like, they, they lack the capacity in mammals and humans to regenerate. Although, interestingly enough, in fish and birds, the hair cell equivalents regenerate very nicely. And in fact, one area of research for us is to try to understand why it is that hair cells cannot regenerate in mammals and do so in chickens and birds. And, and that gets me to putting in a pitch for animal models and how it's very important if you want to understand about human physiology and disease, sometimes to study what goes on in similar processes in the appropriate animal model. And supposedly we're the more highly evolved species, but we'll, we'll leave it there. When, uh, again in the literature, in the discussion of hearing loss, uh, there's discussion about intensity, duration, and frequency. I'm um, sure you're familiar with these attributes of sound. How do these contribute to or explain hearing loss? Well, if we're talking about noise-induced hearing loss here for the yes. moment, um, the, the, it, you can essentially assess the potential damage to noise by viewing it as the integral or the integrated sound pressure exposure of the auditory system uh, integrated over time and amplitude, which is another way of saying that if you're going to avoid noise-induced hearing loss, you can take several steps to do that. The first step is you can distance yourself from a loud noise. The second thing is you can reduce the time of exposure to that loud noise, 
And finally, if you can't do either one of those things, for example, if in your occupation you have to be close to loud noise and so you can't get away from it, then you can use ear protection such as earplugs or earmuffs. Okay, thank you. I did in my opening say the scientific evidence is not yet definitive of um, to the extent uh, noise induces hearing loss. Could you give me just a what, what's the current assessment relative to the research uh, in this regard? Well, we actually have a, a very rich research portfolio um, in on the subject of noise-induced hearing loss. And in fact, uh, we estimate that we invested about $7.4 million in fiscal year 2016 in noise-induced hearing research. And these studies included some basic research studies where we uh, we invested money in very talented scientists to try to uncover whether or not there was a genetic susceptibility to noise-induced hearing loss, and if so, what were the genes and what forms of those genes made individuals relatively more susceptible. That would be very important information for individuals choosing an occupation, right? Yes. They would probably want to avoid a noisy occupation. We've also invested a lot of money in studying the damage to the auditory system as a consequence of noise that takes place at different levels in the auditory system. For example, we have investigators at Harvard who are looking into the fact that it appears that in animal models anyways, noise damages not just the, the little hair cell, the detection cells we talked about before, but it actually damages the relays between neurons, which the technical term for is the synapses, among the neurons that, that convey the electrical signals from the ear to the brain, and that allow us to perceive sound. Okay, thank you. Let's go to uh, now uh, this program. Again, it's a noisy planet. Uh, I, I did note that uh, there have been uh, predecessor programs. I think I read of a program your institute launched in 1999 called Wise Ears. But let's stick with this current program. Could you tell me... Um, what its goals are, what programming uh, you do. Uh, I think we know that it's targeted for uh, children, as I noted in the introduction, age uh, between 8 and 12, but the specifics about the program. It's also targeted towards their parents and other educators. Of course, and yes. And the, the overall goal of the program is to increase awareness of the causes of noise-induced hearing loss and how noise-induced hearing loss can be prevented. Uh, parents and other adults can hopefully encourage their children to adopt healthy hearing habits during a point in their life where their children are starting to take ownership of their own health issues. And that's the reason for targeting that particular age. So the goal of the program is to spread awareness about the effects of noise-induced hearing loss and how to protect your hearing. As you mentioned before, the audience is parents and preteens, but the secondary audiences include teachers, health professionals, partner organizations, and other stakeholders. Um, we're also very interested in reaching with our materials Spanish-speaking audiences because many of those individuals uh, who are primarily Spanish-speaking are in occupations where they're exposed to excessive levels of noise. 
Um, and the interventions that Noisy Planet emphasizes are three key prevention messages, and that's to lower the volume, move away from the noise, and when you can't do the first two, use ear protectors such as earplugs or earmuffs. And the reason why we are passionate about noise-induced hearing loss is it's hearing loss that we know how to prevent. And none of these interventions are rocket science. They're very simple things that can be done, and the ear protectors are inexpensive things that can be bought in drugstores or hardware stores uh, by anybody who would benefit from using them. Well, the upside to this, so the opportunity here, is this is most often the case of voluntary exposure. You choose uh, most times to expose yourself uh, to these loud noises. Specifically for this uh, uh, population, targeted population, other than music, you know, the stereotypical, someone's walking down the street, you can hear them from 20 yards away listening through their earbuds um, to music, but for this population, uh, what are the more common types of potential uh, noise-induced noise induced, excuse me, uh, risks? Well, let's, let's talk about the earbuds just for a moment. Sure. Um, because um, I've, I've done actually several interviews, like the one that we're having the privilege to do today, um, and, and I've been asked about earbuds and whether or not earbuds are bad. And my response to that is earbuds are not bad. There's nothing wrong with earbuds that are producing sound at a low and non-toxic level. But earbuds are bad when you turn them up too loud. And how do you know when earbuds are up too loud? Mm -hmm. And my rule of thumb is if an individual is standing at arm's length from you and they can hear your earbuds, not 20 yards away, but basically a little over a yard away, that noise is probably over 85 decibels. And if delivered for a long enough time, uh, will cause noise-induced hearing loss. And it's important to emphasize for your audience that noise-induced hearing loss is cumulative. And these young individuals using these earbuds and turning the sound up too loud are doing cumulative damage to their auditory system that they may not perceive until they get to be in their 50s, 60s, or 70s. Speaking of the level uh, of volume via uh, earbuds, I was going to read in the introduction of a case in Maryland where a 20-year-old man, uh, I found this hard to believe, fatally struck by a train after he failed to hear the locomotive's repeated horn blasts because he was listening to music. One can imagine how loudly via uh, his earbuds. Let me ask you, I did read in the literature as well that it seems that this um, issue or uh, problem is equally uh, or one for both boys and girls, correct? That, uh, yes, to that, that is correct to my knowledge. Yeah, I did read a uh, uh, 2011 article in the pediatric, uh, Journal of Pediatrics that concluded needs to, quote-unquote, needs to be greater health education to combat the increase in noise-induced hearing loss among female teenagers. So this is an equal opportunity problem. Yes, I would say among all teenagers, <laughs> male or female. Okay, thank you. Um, per your example of uh, if, if someone at arm's length away, very practical question. Um, I'm sure you've been asked this numerous times. You're, um, you're on the metro, you're on a bus, you're somewhere, 
and say you see someone, a uh, teenager, uh, you can hear their music from some distance. Uh, you know, it's similar to you see someone smoking, do you say anything? So similarly, what is there any effective way to approach someone and make comment about the fact that they may be listening uh, to something at too high a volume? Well, I don't think it's inappropriate in that setting to say, um, uh, I think maybe your earbuds are turned up too loud. You may be doing damage to your hearing. And if you want more information about that, um, you can consult um, the NIDCD website, nidcd.nih.gov, for more information about how to protect your hearing from noise-induced hearing loss. Okay, thank you. Let me, I did want to ask one question related, a uh, fair amount of discussion about tinnitus. Um, yeah, t- tinnitus or ringing in the ears. Okay, could you, now that's, correct me if I'm wrong, a possible consequence of noise-induced uh, hearing loss. I, the reason I mention it is because I did see estimates upwards of 50 million Americans suffer from this. So what is it? How does one acquire it? And what treatment, if any, is there for it? Okay, uh, tinnitus is a ringing in the ears mm-hmm. is, is, a, is a symptom of damage at one or more levels in the auditory system. And that can include in the ear or in the neurons that relay sound from the ear to the brain or in the central nervous system itself. Okay. Um, we, we don't completely understand what tinnitus is or why certain individuals develop tinnitus, and while other individuals with a similar uh, sound exposure history uh, do not develop tinnitus. And there's really not much in the way of treatment for it. It can be an incredibly distracting thing for individuals that have it all the time. It can disrupt their sleep. It can lead to depression. It has led to suicide in some very bad cases. So it's a real problem. Uh, we have an active area of research in tinnitus, but we really don't have a lot to offer those in poor individuals that develop tinnitus. Okay. Back to, and likely my um, final question, the program, again, it's a noisy planet. I'll post the link uh, uh, for, uh, with this um, uh, interview. Uh, how long will you conduct this program, and do you have some sense of the program's success to date? Well, that's a really good question. I think we're going to conduct the program for the foreseeable future. At some point in time, we will probably do another assessment as to how the program's doing. But we do know that that since the campaign was launched in 2008, we have reached about 6 million people with the prevention message. We have distributed 825,000 written materials, and my program staff, as well as others, have engaged roughly 16,000 students in the D.C. metro area in hands-on classroom sessions since 2010. Uh, We did conduct an evaluation of the program, which was focused on customer satisfaction of the materials that we produced, Mm -hmm. feedback from parents whose children have participated in a noisy Planet Classroom Session, uh, interviews with Noisy Planet collaborators, analysis of the Noisy Planet website and social media reach, 
and focus group discussions and usability tests of the campaign's materials and website. The overwhelming majority, about seven out of eight, of these customers who responded reported that the materials very much met their needs and expectations. And 97% of those who ordered printed materials were indicated they were either satisfied or very satisfied. And among the parents whose children had participated in the Noisy Planet classroom presentation, they found the Noisy Planet message to be clear, and more than 80% of them reported that they are very likely to make greater efforts to protect their own hearing or encourage their children to do so. And more than 40% of parents reported that they had recently noticed their children were taking steps that they hadn't been taking before to prevent noise-induced hearing loss. And we used this evaluation and the information gleaned um, from the evaluation to help guide us in updating and enhancing the Noisy Planet website. And the Noisy Planet website is www.noisyplanet, is all one word, .nidcd.nih.gov. And these materials are available in both English and Spanish. Great, great. Well, we're at our uh, time boundary, uh, Dr. Batty, so I, I genuinely appreciate your time in discussing the program. Again, an important issue certainly uh, for persons of all ages. Uh, so with that, I'll say thank you. Well, I want to thank you for um, helping the Institute bring attention to what we consider to be a very significant and potentially growing public health pro program and one where we can intervene with a low-tech approach uh, and help prevent people from losing their hearing as they grow older. Well, great. Thank you again, Dr. Beatty. Thank you. You have just heard another edition of the Healthcare Policy Podcast hosted by David Intricasso. To comment on this program or others, to see information about upcoming interviews, to suggest a program topic, or to hear an archive program, please visit our website, thehealthcarepolicypodcast.com. Thank you for listening, and please listen again soon.